Well, hello and welcome to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. I am your host and you are listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Antioch. My name is Angela Tomlinson and with me in the studio today is Annie Oakley and Tom McWiggan. And we have a very special guest. Her name is Mrs. Kathleen Heckenkamp. And Kathleen has is no stranger to WSFI, but for the past 40 years, she has been a wife and a mother, and she is spearheading an effort to promote Our Lady of Good Success. She's homeschooled her, her children for over 20 years. The youngest is two at home, and she has one that's 16 and 14. And Kathleen, first of all, I want to say welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, you've been such an inspiration in my life. I learned about Our Lady of Good Success when we were first starting WSFI Catholic Radio. And there was a wonderful testimonial from Michelle, who you'll talk about, Michelle Cassio. And she Mm -hmm. had this undying devotion to Our Lady of Good Success, and she thought that for sure that Our Lady would heal her of her pancreatic cancer. So if you're wondering if her faith was rewarded, you're going to have to stay tuned to 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. So Kathleen, tell us a little bit about how you discovered Our Lady of Good Success. Well, it was about 1999, and uh, I saw an ad in, I think it was The Remnant, and it had a real pretty picture of Our Lady's face, her countenance, and they said that in the ad, it said, this is Our Lady, good success, and if you want more information, uh, order the book. It was Prophecies for Our Times by Dr. Marian Horvat, and so I ordered the book, and I was very taken by the story because Our Lady, good success is, um, you know, though the story was in the 15 and 1600s, the story has to do with our time right now. And she came to a cloistered sister, a conceptionist sister, and asked her to be a victim soul for our times back in the 15 and 1600s. And when I read that, I'm like, how come we haven't heard about this before? And we really need Our Lady Good Success. And so we started praying to her, and I started ordering more books, and I was passing them out to my family and friends. And, and um, in the course of that, this time period, my husband and I, we had two biological children. We, were all, we kind of were talking about adopting, and so we didn't know what to do. We thought maybe we were too old, and so we started praying to her, and... Um, we came to the conclusion it was on march 25th so it was the feast of the annunciation that we were going to do that not knowing what we were going to do exactly i thought maybe we would be going to china or something like that because we had two boys i thought boy wouldn't it be nice to get a little girl well i talked to dr horvath i had become friends with her over the phone and um she said kathy why don't you look in south america because you're talking about a sibling group that you like to get and and um it wouldn't be too far, maybe, um, from Our Lady Good Success. After all, they're meant to be Catholic. So uh, I started praying about that. We started praying together. And um, turns out that, yes, Columbia had a si- sibling groups down there. So that's what we did. We started praying, and we we asked for pictures of what kids look like in, in Columbia. And there was a 
little picture of four kids that we received. And I'm like, these are our kids. And <laughs> so not knowing that, uh, I kind of uh, was going against protocol for adoption. So I'm like, these are our kids. And I told the social worker, and she says, no, you can't do it that way. We have to choose your children for you, and you have to be approved and all that. But long story short, they did hold those children for us, and they did end up being our children. Wow. And the the other part of that story is, so then I told Dr. Horvitt that, and she says, you know, maybe you could go see the statue, too. You could go down there and have a little pilgrimage, and then, you know, before or after your adoption. And I'm like, huh, maybe I could. And then, well, of course, then I brought that up to my husband, and he said, uh, what are you thinking about? This is going to be so expensive as it is to adopt these kids from Columbia. We're making this trip down there. It's dangerous. And, and you want to go on this pilgrimage. And I said, well, honey, can I just ask the, the um, travel agent what it would cost and, and that? And he said, well, you know, all right, go ahead. It's going to be really expensive. So, of course, all this time we're praying to Our Lady good success. And I was just saying, if you want us to come, you know, please let us know. Give us a sign and then we'll come and see you. So I t- call the travel agent and I tell her you know, our, our situation that we'd maybe like to go into Ecuador and visit the shrine and, you know, probably before the adoption would be better. And how much would it cost to um, do this? And she said to me, as she's typing, she's like, well, hold on to your prayer book. <laughs> she says, do you know that that trip is actually less expensive to go to Quito, Ecuador first and then into Colombia to adopt the kids? And so, well... I had my answer and I went back to my husband and I told him that and he just sat there looking at me like, I can't believe you just said that. And so that's exactly what we did. He, he let us uh, have our little pilgrimage. We were there for three days. Um, and what happened was we got down there, didn't know hardly a lick of Spanish. And, you know, back then it was a tiny little airport and we had a little uh, a contact man who didn't know any English. And he was nice enough to pick us up at the airport and he knew about Our Lady of Good Success. And we were there for a couple of days and the nuns kept kind of putting us off like because we really wanted to see the statue. And we came at a bad time um, because the statue had been just put back up a couple of days beforehand because it is in the church in October. So we came like November 3rd. And they were like, uh, sorry, you know, she's back up there. But on the last day before we were to go back, go to our adoption, they said, okay, you can come in. So we were taken up to the choir loft. We were able to pray. I was able to actually touch the statue and um, be with Our Lady. And, and, you know, it was very emotional, you know, because you're there. You didn't know if we could get in. So here we were praying about our children. And previous to that, actually, we were able to make contact with the monastery and send a picture down. So they had that picture over the heart of Our Lady on the statue and were praying for us that we could do this adoption. So we were able to thank her and ask her for protection and guidance. And um, it was very wonderful. I made a promise to Our Lady. I made a promise to Mother Mariana, who I consider was uh, the Mother Abbess was the uh, figure of Mother Mariana, and I promised her I would do everything we could to promote her, not knowing what in the world we would do. And they gave us a few little tiny medals, a couple of Spanish holy cards, and an Obina booklet. And with that, we went to our adoption. We adopted our four kids and went back home. And of course, we had four small 
children under the age of 11 that only spoke Spanish. So for the next two years, I couldn't do a, a lot of anything uh, with the kid, you know, but with taking care of the kids. But then we did find uh, the time to put up a website in 2002 and found our organization, my husband and I, and it's a non-for-profit organization to promote this devotion. And I guess that's how we started it. And so what's the name of that website for those who you were just people who are just tuning in? What's your website okay. address? www.ourladyofgoodsuccess.com. www.ourladyofgoodsuccess.com. Is that right? Right. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. You you actually were re- mentioned in Spirit Daily. I understand. Yes. Right. They have a link. Um, of, the, of an email I sent out and on the email that when you click on that uh, little link there, they'll, it will also, you can go to our blog and our other page that um, has the novena. So the blog will, during the novena, starting tomorrow, will have new articles every day, a little snippet of part of the history of Our Lady Good Success, and then you can go to the novena and pray with us the novena if you don't have a novena booklet. So that's kind of nice. So Kathleen, so let's get to the section of what was the message of Our Lady of Good Success hundreds of years ago? What's the message that she said was for our times? Well, basically, um, she appeared many, many times to Mother Mariana. And it was, I think, in 1588 that she actually appeared for the first time as Our Lady Good Success. So she had appeared to her in other instances and that but she um the first time was i believe 1588 and um previous to that she actually asked her in 1582 to be a victim so for a time i think it was our lord that actually asked her that and for she actually time. died but when you say for our time you're talking about for the 20th century 20th century until and in, in, in even into the 21st okay. until we get out of the situation. Right. So <laughs> they didn't give us a date when it was going to end, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and that's but so the popular, key, Kathleen, I just want to say something that's so key because mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago, our Lord and our lady in this approved apparition spoke to this humble nun and said right. that there was going to be an issue that there were going to be issues in the 20th century. So they were right. predicting something 400 years later and asked her to be a victim soul then. Right. 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 Absolutely. That's right. it. And so what ended up happening was this one in 1582, which was not where Our Lady actually revealed herself as Our Lady Good Success, but it was in front of um, the crucifix, you know, in the church. And the light had gone out, and she was in the darkness, and she got very frightened, and she thought it was because of her sins, but it really wasn't because of her sins. It was because of the world. And and he and the eternal father said, I'm going, this punishment will be for the 20th century. It was a, a big sword over the crucifix. Okay. And he says, I'm going to punish, punish the world. And on it was written on each of there were actually three swords. And it said, I shall punish heresy. I shall punish impiety and I shall punish impurity. Wow. And this would take place in the 20th century. And then just repeat that again, said, Kathleen. Repeat yes. that again. What are okay. the three things that we were being warned about in the 20th and 21st century? It was heresy, heresy. impiety, mm-hmm. and impurity. 
Well, they kind of summed so, it up well as far as <laughs> we were all we were all looking at each other because right. that seems exactly right. what if you turn on if you go to LifeSite News if you go to any of the um, right. even even Michael Voris those are the three categories that we're hearing the most scandal about. Right, that's right. right. And so, the Holy Virgin, the Blessed Mother, asked her, "Would will you be willing to sacrifice yourself for the people of this time?" And Mariana said, "I am willing." And so. What happened was the swords buried, you know, spiritually or mystically, buried themselves into the heart of Mother Mariana, but she mystically died, okay? And she was before then, she saw herself before the throne of God, and uh, our Lord presented her with two crowns and asked her what she wanted to do. If she wanted to go to heaven, she could go to heaven right away, or she could go back to earth to suffer as a sacrificial victim to placate the divine justice for the heresies and the impieties and impurities in the 20th century and beyond. So Our Lady reassured her because she was a little bit frightened that she wouldn't be able to accomplish this, but she said she would be with him, with her. And so she chose to do that and go and come back to the world and uh, suffer for us. So that was in 1582. How old was Mother Mariana at that point? She was just shy of 20 years old, I think. Yeah, so, a young woman. A young woman. Right. Right. So, because um, she was, they say that she was born in 1563. So, oh. actually 21, sorry. 21 years good, old. Yeah. So, yes. So, then what yeah. happened? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> through the course of her, I would just say, uh, life as a nun, our Lady appeared to her a number of times, and coming in, uh, let's see, 1588, I believe, uh, she came and she let her know that uh, she was the Queen of Heaven and that she was going to help her uh, with some of her problems. And then in 1594, she started revealing herself as Our Lady of Good Success. So she says, I am Mary of good success, the queen of heaven and earth. And so little by little and different, these different apparitions, she would tell different prophecies. And she focused a lot on the church and um, how masonry was going to get into the church and wreak havoc within the church. That This would be the core problem that would be the cause of the blasphemy and the impiety, the impurity and, and all that. So, um, she spoke about that, that the, the, she called them the boar of Freemasonry would get into the garden of the church and destroy it, would ruin it. And, well, uh, there's evidence that uh, it seems to be the case. So um, if you do any studying about uh, some of these uh, questionable people that some of the priests and clerics that have been in the church, so unfortunately, that's the case. And also, she talked about how Satan will reign almost completely by the means of the Masonic sex in the church and in society. And we see how, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of problems. Um, you know, if you study politics or any of those things, it's very, very um, sad what's happening to our governments in the world and how they have worked actually even to destroy 
the faithful by making laws that ruin the sacrament of matrimony and allowing uh, many many sins from just from purity and you know causing impurity in our kids and so you will see that little by little they've been scratching away at at um, morality and uh, making our well you could say the world decadent and we're very lazy and we don't want to we're indifferent about our faith and uh, that's what she basically talked about and of course she was a victim soul not unlike um padre pio so she was she had the stigmata although it was most of the time it was invisible and she again you know like padre pio was a victim soul actually for the priesthood i don't know if you've ever read that but he suffered a lot for the priests who had temptations and the devil would come and beat him up and and that was a lot because of of the young priests that that uh, were having temptations and trying to keep them faithful and mariana uh, mother mariana was very much the same way she spent five years in hell now spiritually okay so there was a troublesome nun in the convent and she was a liberal she she wanted to relax the rules and she was a native and she got a little band of followers in the convent and she caused so much trouble and for mother mariana and for the faithful nuns the founding mothers and the faithful nuns that wanted to follow the rule because the rule was fairly rigid they were getting up at four o'clock and doing the little office of the blessed mother and you know how how nuns have a very rigid schedule well she wanted to relax it so she'd go to the she somehow got to the bishop. She would she would go to the bishop and ha- get his ear and say, you know, this is what we want. This is what we want to do. And it was very bad. And Our Lady told Mother Mariana that this woman is going to go to hell if she doesn't stop it. And the, but the only way you can get her to stop is you need to offer up your life right now and suffer the pains of hell for her in order to save her soul. And she said, it'll be five years, five years of this suffering. Can you do it? Are you willing to do it? And Mother Mariana accepted that. And so even though she looked very um, calm and sweet and loving, and she was never like, you know, nervous or anything like that, she suffered that for five years. There are some people that had an inkling that there was something going on, because I think she looked rather pale and, and probably lost weight in that. But she suffered that for five years. And when it finally was done, this nun, she was possessed, okay, and the, the, the devils were kind of attacking her and all that, and uh, she was able to like, somewhat do somewhat of an exorcism. I think Our Lady came and, and exorcised the demons from her, and then she was very docile. She was very sorry for what she did, and she died a happy death, but the the story, the end of the story is Our Lady of Good Success said because of what she did, she would be in purgatory until the end of time. So what I'm trying to get at, it's very serious uh, when you take vows that you've got to follow through with your vows. And even if maybe, you know, the little transgressions mean a lot more to heaven than what we think. And so um, it was very... Um, interesting story there that you know this whole idea of relaxing rules for the religious and and what has happened since vatican ii uh, and nuns not wearing their habits and stuff like that it's it's um 
this story is a reflection of how serious it really is. And we hope, it's my prayer, that they, they go back to it because um, I think that that does make God unhappy with this. So mm-hmm. Kathleen, anyway, that's the you, story. <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about um, these conversations that Mother Mariana had with our Lord and with Our Lady of Good Success, how do you know that she had those conversations? Did she keep journals or diaries? Well, she did. She she had something called the Corderna, and that's in Spanish. It's a notebook. And she did keep her uh, diary. And also, there was a priest. So uh, he, he didn't live at the time of Mother Mariana, but... He wrote The Admirable Life of Mother Mariana, and that is available in Volume 1 and 2 that Dr. Horvat translated. And that priest, um, he, he was a Franciscan, and he was Portuguese, and before that a soldier, and, and he was leading kind of a, well, not the greatest life, and he was afraid that he was going to go to hell because he had bad friends. But long story short, a priest gave him uh, the biography of Mother Mariana. And he says, you read this and you're going to, she's going to help you a lot. And she ended up appearing to him and saying, you need to go and become a priest and, and you will be a soldier for me. Okay. So he did do that. And then he ended up going to Quito and he was a spiritual director for the conception of sisters down there in the 1700s. Well, he had access to all the archives and her writing. And it seems as though when you read that book, it really seems that he had visions of her, that she was right next to him at times and guiding him and, and helping him to write the story. So um, he had written this book. And uh, there also in the 20th century, um, our, it was about 1906 or so, that Mother Mariana's body was found incorrupt and, and a number of the founding mothers as well. And... The cause for canonization then ended up coming forth in 1986. So they had some writings and this book and and other things. And so um, the mother, there was Mother Varela, I think, is the one that started printing the Admirable Life of Mother Mariana in Spanish, and it was also available, I think, in Portuguese. So uh, Mother Varela did much. She was the mother abbess, like I know for sure, in the 1920s, probably even sooner, but she she really started um, promoting the cause of Mother Marianne, I believe, and also trying to bring back the devotion to Our Lady of Good Success because for a while, as it said in the prophecies, that the, the devotion would start falling away until hardly any mention would be made of it, and, and the people of Quito would kind of forget about her. And, and so she was starting to bring it back. So now we're seeing a resurgence in this devotion, and... I have to say that I truly, although on the feast day, there's about at least 5,000 people that show up. They, they like come from all over Quito and they just show up and they're in that rosary procession. But otherwise, there's only maybe a handful of, of people that come to the church. Now, this is in the historical part of Quito, and so it's kind of a bad neighborhood. And I believe that the people, the residents, the his, the people that, used to support the convent for all these hundreds of years, their descendants have moved 
like to the north of Quito. Yes. So, so they, Kathleen, I'm going to just interrupt you because we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to WSFI Spotlight, 88.5 FM. You're listening to the voice of Kathleen Heckenkamp, who is the foundress of the Apostolate of Our Lady of Good Success. We're going to take a break, Kathleen, and we'll be right back. Okay, thank you. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. That's WSFIRadio.org. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back to WSFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson, and we have a studio audience here. Ann Oakley, Tom McWiggin, and Carol Walsh just walked into the studio. She's being seen but not heard. Welcome, Carol, to WSFI Catholic Radio. Our host is Kathleen Heckenkamp of Our Lady of Good Success. Um, So Kathleen, wow. What an incredible story this is. <laughs> yeah, a great, great stories you've been telling us. Um, you know, before we get back to the, um, you were mentioning about what it's like in keto, the, the picture, for those of you who um, are able to go to a computer, go online right now to uh, Kathleen's website, ourladyofgoodsuccess.com. Is that correct? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to her website. I mean, it's the most exquisitely beautiful statue. Uh, it's the most one of the most beautiful statues I've ever seen of the Blessed Mother, which is, is saying a lot. There was a whole story, isn't there, about how her face was designed? 
she does change her expression and I've seen it myself um, I you know the thing is is that sometimes she'll look like she's crying a lot of times during the novena she will have this very sad expression and she's looking out so she looks like she looks like she's looking past everybody she's looking at the world and she's looking like she's crying oh and um, and then at other times I've seen her up in the upper choir loft and she seemed very serene and my husband once said to me we were kneeling in front of her and um, it was several years after we've been doing this work he goes hey you know what she's smiling at you <laughs> so because she does um, seem to change her expression. And um, anyway, you can go on our website. You can see the different expressions. You can see her. In fact, many people call me and say, that can't be the same statue that, you know, uh, is down in Quito because she looks a lot different. But that's mm-hmm. because her expression changes. And they have documented uh, a real miracle of that in 1941 when there was a threat of civil war with Peru. Um, the people were just beside themselves because they didn't want to go to war with the country, this country. And so the bishop ordered the statue out because usually it's in the upper choir loft with the nuns. Only three times a year is she out. She's out in the whole month of May, the whole month of October, and then uh, during the novena from January 24th, which she, I just saw pictures people sent me tonight of her already out, okay, so they're preparing for tomorrow's novena, and uh, through February 2nd or 3rd. So she's, uh, she's out now at, in, the, in the regular church. And was so, that statue anyway, designed by Our Lady, or how did that come about? Well, sure. So um, she asked... Mother Mariana in about 1599 to make a statue of her life size and she took her measurements and and that um, with her cord and she said I would like you to make the statue and with the making of the statue it will be graces for the convent I will be a symbol of actually being your abbess and I will it will give a great consolation not only to your the nuns that will live in this comet but also uh, Quito Ecuador and even the world so um, unfortunately during that so she she kind of was really nervous about this she was really worried how the bishop would take it she was really worried that the faithful of Quito you know remember there they um, had uh, a lot of them had uh, Indian blood they were natives they were mixed and she was worried that they were kind of given to idolatry, so she, and kind of superstitious. So she was worried that uh, if if anybody found out that she was getting these visions or whatever, they'd start, you know, like worshiping her. She didn't want her name to get out. So she was procrastinating. And then in the meantime, our Lord, our Lady, asked her to be this victim soul for this La Capitana, which was the bad nun. So this time period, our Lady would appear to her and say. How come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing this? You got to do it. And then she'd start kind of, she started getting a little perturbed with her to the point where, uh, in, I, th- I believe it was in the 16, in 1610, she said, if you don't do this, I'm going to give this uh, gift to somebody else. I'm going to have somebody else do it. So Mother Mariana knew that. You know, she needed to do it. And the archangels actually came and gave her special graces to be able to do this. And um, so she went to the bishop and he said, okay. And they 
And Our Lady actually even said, I know the artist I want. His name is Senor Castillo. So get him. He's a good Catholic man. So they got him in there. And it took about a year to get this all carved and, and almost ready for painting. And in the meantime, she says, I'm really worried, dear mother. I'm really worried. I don't think he's going to do a good enough job, you know, because you're so beautiful. And I feel like he's just not going to be able to capture you capture you and your beauty and she says don't worry about that when the time comes i will take care of it and so the nuns were praying the whole time for this um you know how our lady was going to make the statue so beautiful and um so on the night of january early morning of january 16th so um she was praying in the upper choir loft about this and doing penance and, and her prayers. And um, the angels came with St. Francis and, of course, Our Lady came. And she sang the Magnificat. And she entered into the statue before she sang the Magnificat and then sang. So then the angels came and St. Francis tied the cord around her, her waist. Are you talking about the and, statue's waist or Mother Mariana's waist? Statue's waist, okay. The, and said a prayer and the the statue so the statue was completed by the angels and and saint francis but i believe that the angels were the ones to actually finish off the face and when when they were done some of the the wood was on the floor and of course it was painted and all that so um Anyway, the next morning then, when the nuns came in, they were shocked. They were like, oh, my gosh, we finished it because the face had not been done. And of either Mary or baby Jesus. And the artist had been gone to get new paint. So he came in and he was crying. He's like, oh, my gosh, who, who did this beautiful work? So he knew it wasn't him that himself that finished it. The bishop had gotten a divine inspiration uh, that something spiritual had happened in the convent and he went there and he saw it and he he knew that the artist had been gone so there were all this the testimony of this miraculous occurrence that happened that the angels had finished the statue and so this is a you know 400 year old statue that if you look at other statues that are that old in the convent they look pretty beaten up. They're pretty old, and the, and the paint is, you know, gone in a lot of spots. So the face is the key of the statue. The face and the eyes, um, it, that's the real miraculous part of that statue. Because she come, when she becomes alive, and it happened in 1941, she's moving her eyes, she's moving her face up and down to the people and up to heaven. And, and so at that time, the people were so worried. And when she's, they were praying to her during this novena, the people went crazy. They saw that she was uh, alive, like she was moving her eyes and, and, that, and looking down at the crowd and then looking up to heaven. And they started jumping over the altar rails, you know, the, the, you know, the communion rails, and they were running to try to, to see her and to try to get up to her because they loved Our Lady. And so <laughs> it was pretty much, I think, mad chaos. And then the bishop found out. And so he ordered the statue back up. So, but that is in the 20th century. That was a, a definite sign. It made the newspapers and everything that this happened. Yeah. So, and locally and, here, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kathleen. And the war was prevented, just so you know. Yeah. At that moment, it had that the threat of war was gone. And she had uh, procured that miracle as well. We could use so. a lady of good success like right now in our time. That's why it's really important because. 
she said she would come in a marvelous way to dethrone Satan and put him back in hell, and there would be a restoration of the church. And, of course, with the restoration of church, you know that we'll have a restoration of society because the reason why we're in this mess right now in the world with all the threat of war and everything is really because the church is in, well, experience her passion, really, because uh, it is not what it used to be, and um, it should go back. At least that's my humble opinion. <laughs> so, But she knew what was going to happen. She said that that all these things would be happening and they have come to pass. So this the volumes one and two are about, they're over 500 pages. So to try to tell you about this and, and condense it, it's, it's very uh, hard to get it in in this short period of time. But um, just know that uh, she does give us a lot of hope because she says there will be a restoration, even though she speaks a lot about the bad things that would happen in the church and in society. So she talks about there wouldn't hardly be any virgin souls. The children, there would be no innocence in children, you know. And so you see that, I mean, look at what's happening with even look at our our movies and, and they're on their cell phones all the time and there's pornography all over. The kids can't get away from it. So we know that this is true. It couldn't be any more true. And we, uh, you were talking earlier about uh, this uh, event that happened in 1941, closer to home. Uh, we mm-hmm. had received an email, I think it was right when we got the station, about a young woman, her name is Michelle Cassio, and I think it was her sister-in-law from Kenosha that emailed us and wanted us to pray for Michelle because she had pancreatic cancer. And she had, uh, I think, four or five children, and she was pregnant again. And the doctors were pressuring her to have an abortion so that they could uh, give her some chemotherapy. So she came into the studio with her husband, Tim, and all her kids, and we heard her amazing story. So um, tell us, Kathleen, what what your experience was with Michelle and and how it all turned out. Well... Um, Michelle and I went to the same Catholic church, St. Stanislaus in Milwaukee. It's um, uh, taken care of by the Institute of Christ the King that has Latin masses um, there. So I would just see her in passing, and we'd always wave and say hi. But I I didn't even really, I didn't know her. I didn't even know her name. But I thought, she's a nice girl. Look at all the nice children she has and that. And I always kind of thought, it would be really nice to be her friend. But, you know, I... We are always busy. I have my kids that I'm juggling around, and she had hers. Well, anyway, uh, a mutual friend came to the house and told me that she was going to head to the hospital because this woman, Michelle, was just uh, rushed to the hospital, had to have emergency surgery, and they found cancer, pancreatic cancer, and not only one cancer but two cancers, and she was pregnant. And they were very concerned about her and the baby and all that. So... uh, I ran in the house and grabbed a picture of Our Lady Good Success, a framed one, and a relic, and a novena booklet. And uh, I think I gave her volume one and two of the books. And I said, Missy, would you take this to Michelle as a gift? And and you know we'll be praying for her. We'll be, you know, we hope that you know she comes out of this okay. Well, she did that, and I got a message back from Missy. She wants you to come down and visit her. 
And so I went down there, and she, and she was she's a sweet Southern girl, and uh, she said, "I want I want you to tell me all about this story. It's so marvelous." And she has a beautiful face, and she's smiling at me, and she calms me down. And and so we became fast friends. And I told her about Our Lady. And um, so, long story short of it, we prayed to Our Lady, and she so she was pregnant. Remember, and she couldn't get chemotherapy done. And it wouldn't be good for the child. And so she says, what am I going to do? And, well, I said, well, I'll pray about it. She goes, do you, you, you know anything? I said, well, there's alternative things that you can do. And I, I get a couple emails. And I said, let me think about it and pray about it. And she ended up going to a place that did alternative therapy for cancer that wouldn't harm the baby. Because she had about, I don't know, three or four more months left to go. So... Um, she did go up there, and in fact, one of her sessions was in a snowstorm, and I was so worried about it. I think she was taking my daughter up to help babysit the kids, and it was in Minnesota. And I just remember giving her all my medals and my scapular and everything because I was so worried about her going up there. But anyway, um, she has been fine, um, truly miraculous uh, situation. She, she Now, I believe that was about... I can't even remember. I think it was about four or five years ago that, that she was diagnosed, and she's fine. She's still homeschooling her kids, and all of her children are fine and healthy, and they still have their mom. And, and she so credited to our lady of good success. She's the one who told us yeah. about the novena. Right, right. So she, she, I'm sure, still continues to pray for to her and Mother Mary Anna, and I know she's very grateful to Our Lady for helping her, because the children have their mom, and you know that's most important. So she's fine and she's healthy. Yeah. And we're friends. She now lives down south, I think, in South, North or South Carolina, and uh, she left I just Kenosha. Got she left today. Kenosha for South Carolina. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do that. Well, she's girl she's a southern belle so you know she's got her roots down there and i think she's quite happy and um i just got an email from her i think this morning so she's fine she's doing great well and starting that novena tomorrow so yeah so let's move to that we only have about 10 minutes left in the show kathleen um now the novena uh tell us a little bit about that and how people can get what's the efficacy of that novena prayer and how can people begin that novena tomorrow okay well the novena you know novenas are set for nine days and usually for you know people have special things intentions that they're uh, asking god or our lady or a saint for and so this uh novena is dedicated to our lady good success and uh we there's some meditation, so every day there's the prayers and meditations for every day, and you can go on our website and look for that, Nine Day Novena, and um, very wonderful, beautiful Novena because it talks about the history, and that's another thing that we could talk about, but the thing is, is that in that book, which is the oldest Novena I could find to Our Lady Good Success, the, the Mother Abbess actually gave it to me, but then there were a series of things that happened that, you know, some people said, oh, well, where did this come from? There's no imprimatur and that kind of thing, so ended up finding the Spanish version with an imprimatur. It was the same Novena, and we mm -hmm. found going into the archives of one of the libraries, it, it was considered an old Novena back in 1905, so that 
that novena online, it's translated into English, it's a very old novena, and it talks about the history. And remember how he said that Mother Mariana wanted to be hidden? Yes. Remember that I said that she was afraid that they were going to, you know, I, idolize her? Well, Our Lady granted her that, and she says, you will only be known in the 20th century when your name will be synonymous with mine, okay, in this devotion. So it's exactly what happened. But in that story, the novena, they talk about, that Mother Mariana was praying to Our Lady Good Success from Madrid, Spain. And that's another beautiful story. So so they were covering up that she was having visions and all that. So that's why that novena is so very old because they wouldn't they weren't talking about Mother Mariana as the visionary uh, in the beginning. Okay. So um, but anyway, this um, devotion then from Spain happened because of the Minims uh, traveling to Rome to see the Pope. And they got caught in a storm, and they were frightened. They thought they were going to die, and they saw a little light up in the mountain, so they, they went and climbed up there. And lo and behold, in this, this little cave that looked like a shrine with lights and flowers and fragrance and everything, they see a little statue about two feet tall. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. And they prayed and thanked her and everything. And then they tried to find who, out who owned that statue, couldn't find the owner. So they put her in a little basket and went their merry way to Rome. And they presented themselves to the Pope to get approval for their uh, order. which, And they showed him the statue they're like what do you got in there and so they showed him the statue and he goes oh my look at her she is smiling why is she smiling so much and then he says we're going to call our lady good success and may all of your dreams and endeavors grant give you may she give you a good success okay so no way senor del buen successo so um that little statue still in madrid spain there's a little shrine to her still there um in the Church of Buen Successo there in Madrid. And so that's part of the history of how they told the story back then when Mother Mariana was alive and they didn't want to tell that she was the one receiving the visions. So, um, and that's in the booklet, it's in the Novena booklet because it's the third day. Um, so it'll be January 26th that um, you would read about that. So it's a very beautiful story, very beautiful meditation. Did, did Our Lady, so you have two apparitions or two um, incidences where Our Lady is called Our Lady of Good Success. One that's in Spain, where Mother Mariana was mm-hmm. from, and one that was in Quito, Ecuador. And they happened right. within, I think, five or six years of each other, very close to each other, I think. Well, in fact, if you look at the history, because it was a little confusing when I started looking at it, because Our Lady of Good Success was appearing in the late 1500s to her as Our Lady of Good Success and asking for a statue to be made in 1599. Well, the minims, it says like 1606 that happened. Okay? Oh, so this so happened you, afterwards. Yeah, so they kind of, because, this, remember, the statue didn't finally get made until 1610, and so when the bishop anointed the statue in 1611, he could use, they could use that excuse and say, well, it's because we found out about this devotion in Spain and the minims and everything, so we're, we we actually just took that devotion, and look what happened, and she did, and they did admit that she was, she, you know, the statue was miraculous and that, but 
you know, they didn't say it was Mother Mariana receiving the the apparitions. So, well, Our Lady what, must have really wanted this devotion, Kathleen. Our Lady must have really wanted this devotion, really important for her to go to such lengths of having it occur both in Spain and in Quito, Ecuador, to ask for the statue to preserve it. You know, I think there's been a lot of discussion about Fatima and the third secret of Fatima and whether or not some of that has been um, not revealed. But here you have the exact same message, pretty much the same concerns of Our Lady of Fatima's third secret, um, but it's being revealed 400 years and it's documented. So it can't be hidden and it can't be buried. No, and there are some people that say that they believe because Fatima was obscured, the true third secret, that Our Lady knew that was going to happen, and she chose to do it to expose what the problem is in her way. And remember, she is carrying that, the Kreisier, which is the abbess's Kreisier, which also, by the way, is uh, the bishop uses that to to rein in the sheep, right? That's what it was. It was like the shepherd, right? They had the, the little hook to bring in the sheep. So she actually, you could say... Um, stretching a little bit, that she right now is acting as a shepherdess and helping us and guiding us to keep us in the church, to to tell us that she knows that we're having these problems. She knows that some of the priests are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, but keep the faith and and be Catholic, say your rosary, you know, and and get this get to the sacraments and be a good example for your family, so that we can help everybody get to heaven. So, but she's she's like that the shepherdess, and I I would say that you know there is a reason why she looks like that because she looks a little bit like a bishop. So, and that's what the whole idea is that the shepherd is supposed to take care of the sheep. So she looks like a shepherdess. And with your permission, there was an email that went out. It was funny the way this all worked out because I got this email coincidentally from my from my sister in Massachusetts who also has a radio station. And it was a quote from Our Lady of Good Success. And with your permission, I'd like to read it. Um, sure. So it says, Our Lady of Good Success. The devil will work to persecute the ministers of the Lord in every way. So she was saying this in the 1600s about the 20th century. So Our Lady was saying this 400 years ago about now. And she said, the devil will work to persecute the ministers of the Lord in every way, working with baneful cunning to destroy the spirit of their vocation and corrupting many. Those who will thus scandalize the Christian flock will bring upon all priests the hatred of bad Christians and the enemies of the one holy Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church. This apparent triumph of Satan will cause enormous suffering to the good pastors of the church and to the supreme pastor and the vicar of Christ on earth, who, a prisoner in the Vatican, will shed secret and bitter tears in the presence of God, our Lord asking for light, sanctity, and perfection for all the clergy of the world to whom he is king and father, to be delivered from the slavery of these heresies, those whom the merciful love of my son has destined for this restoration will need great power, perseverance, courage, and confidence in God 
to try the faith and trust of these just ones, there will be times when all will seem lost and paralyzed. It will then be the happy beginning of the complete restoration. That's exactly right. And and there will there are good priests, there are good religious that are suffering very much. They're they're suffering a martyrdom of sorts. So we need to pray for them because uh, they don't have the support that they really need. And and even, you know, we, we have to think about the suffering church in China, for instance, and, and they're being persecuted. So many places in the world, there are, there are good Catholics that are um, suffering, and Our Lady knows it. So, you know, let's be united and pray for the church and, and for the enemies of the church. We need to pray for them so they convert. Um, you know, you don't want to see them going to hell. And uh, I guess read, all I can say is I would suggest reading up on it, and it's a beautiful story. It might take a little bit of time if you get volume one and two, but there are other smaller books that, that are available, Prophecies for a Time, Stories and Miracles. We have a special edition of Keys of Eva done by a priest in Italy, uh, Father Luigi Villa who uh, did a special edition called Our Lady Condemns Masonry. And so that really is very concise in the message. And um, if you want to, you know, get get the whole picture, that's very, in a short time, that one is probably one of the best ones to get. I, so. I actually read that, one of the ones that you sent me, that Who is Luigi Villa? And he was, it was um, mentioning that Padre Pio asked Father mm-hmm. Luigi to investigate ecclesiastical Freemasonry. And this right. was, uh, what was it, almost 75 years ago, maybe? It was a while ago. Yes. He yes. died when he was like 93, and that was in 2012. After seven, so, att- after seven assassination attempts. Yeah. Right. He finally died yeah. of natural causes, I understand. They couldn't right. kill him off. No, they couldn't. And he worked, so he didn't really want that job. And he asked to be not have the job. But Padre Pio says, no, this is what you need to do. You go to this bishop. And then through that, Pius XII found out about that, about his mission. And Pius XII said, if Padre Pio says it's to be, then it's to be. And then he worked with three cardinals in the Vatican, one being Cardinal Adivani. So, uh he he uh, gave his life to that, and, uh, and very that whole, special priest. Yes, and that whole story is on your website. So turn off the TV, right. ladies and gentlemen. Turn off the TV. Go to Kathleen's <laughs> website. You've heard all these exciting. Uh, there's just so much inspiration, and th- these are things, Kathleen, that you don't find everywhere on the everyday website. I mean the treasure of the different, the stories about Mother Mariana that you have there, the devotionals. You have the Novena to the Baby Jesus that's there, that's an unusual one. You have the story of Father Luigi Villa, and then you have some of his magazines that he published, uh, and his editor was Dietrich von Hildebrandt. The collection of things that you've assembled, you definitely fulfilled that promise that you made so long ago. Right. So tell us so, one more time. We only have a few minutes, a minute. Uh, tell us again uh, the website that people can go to that has the, both the novena. There's no charge for that. It has a lot of free information. I noticed that I could read magazines and things without, and then things that you can purchase. So tell us again right. the name of the website. www.ourladyofgoodsuccess.com. 
and uh, you can find many things there. And if you want more information about Father Villa, you could go to www.padrepeelandchiesaviva.com. And there are many, many articles about uh, what he wrote about about uh, masonry and and that so and and you get the idea of why we are for more information on this well god bless you kathleen we're at a hard stop here and we'll all be praying the novena god willing tomorrow thank you so much i know thanks for having me bye-bye